Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. Oh, my hammerheads, we have so much on the docket for you today. How's it going, Vic, my my lovely co-host, Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon? How are uh, we? Hello, hello, Mary Catherine. I am I am fine. I am tired. So uh, we taped last night. Uh, you know, I do the Sub Beacon on Patreon or subbeacon.com. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. And uh, we did the first episode last night, uh, and that went from 9.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. And then we did a bonus episode, the hour-long, much-anticipated hour-long bonus episode special, which will be revealed later. The, the main show goes up today, and the bonus is up on Monday, but it will not be, it will not be free. So uh, you have to subscribe. And it's an hour long. And it was, even by my standards, really, really amazing. The uh, problem is in between the first taping, we take a break, bathroom, drink, whatever you need to do and go into the second show. Um, it, that was during that break. So it was about um, about 1030 or so. That's when we heard the news that, uh, that the shelling had begun on Kiev and that the attack, <clears throat> excuse me, in earnest uh, had begun. And that's so all of a sudden there's this like somber moment and mood before we talk about this amazing bonus episode. And we're, you know, it, it, it's really, really sad. And uh, then we had to sort of stop, get ourselves, okay, get ourselves together because this has got to be a, an upbeat episode for Monday and kind of a thing where, you know, we want it to be uh, a place where you can get away for an hour for happy thoughts and before we get back to reality, which, which, which is grim. And the other thing is, so that's me. I only had a couple hours of sleep. Uh, and then uh, I woke my son up and I told him, well, sadly he was right because he had guessed February 24, which is uh, defenders of the fatherland day, the, the, the holiday in Russia that celebrates the birth of the red army. And he said this, I don't know, uh, last week, I think, or is he, I yeah. think that's when the attack. And I said, well, they're already attacked now. And he goes, no, no, no. Like the real, real attack. And I said, oh, okay, we'll see about that. And is I, Michael I, available for punditry and yeah. or Twitter. Yes. I, I told, I told him, I really wish he could use his prognostication skills elsewhere, school, Powerball, you know, yeah. uh, sports so, book, whatever sports book would be great. Yes. Uh, Mary Catherine, how are you? I'm good. Same, sort of same deal over here. All We're right. just, you know, doing life and and spelling test prep for the kids and this kind of thing. And I'm like, can you spell ground war in Europe, yeah. sweetie? Yeah. Right. And and also, not that I have deep conversations with my kids about this kind of thing because they're still a little young. But we always pray for places where where tensions yeah. are high. Absolutely. And then we have a little discussion about what that means. We've done it with Afghanistan now, now Ukraine, and that's a it's a, you know, heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's so much, you know, it's so much less heavy for us, obviously, than people who are um, on the ground there. Yeah. Uh, but it does sure. does bring into into stark relief the freedoms that we do have and the the relative security that we live under That's and right. have for quite some time. And I know I know a lot of other parts of politics distract us and sort of we forget the value of that mm -hmm. uh, and lose perspective. That's but right. wow, this is a moment to appreciate what we have had and wonder about how we can sustain it when the whole sort of world order might be changing at the moment. It's it's very hard to believe, but that's absolutely right and sort of puts things in perspective. I, I remember uh, prior to 9-11, you know, our our fixations in the summer of two thousand and one were about shark attacks. Shark, shark attacks are terrible. Don't get me wrong. People are shark, victims. Shark attacks and Gary Condit. Good. And Gary Condit. That's right. Chandra Levy, who who was missing and then murdered. And and I'm still not quite sure what happened. I mean, they found a guy who did it, but it was just the weirdest story. And, and then, of course, nine eleven happened, and, and that that changed everything. And and suddenly that became. That became the story. And, and the same thing is happening here. I mean, a lot of the things that we complain about are still very much interconnected and are still very much problems. I mean, our health is a, is a problem. Our health policy is a big problem. And we can discuss that later. But when this happens, the idea of ground war in Europe, is, is, is it's shocking because it's not something that we've seen on this scale for some time. Well, and this is this is uh, I, I, I sympathize with those who think to themselves, it's fair to go, God, I've been doing a pandemic for mm -hmm. two years. 
my kids have been out of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't pay for my gas, hardly. Right. How do I have the headspace to care about Ukraine? That's right. I understand that sentiment. I do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's why we attempted on the show to, to give sort of a rundown about how we got here and mm-hmm. why it matters. And why it matters. In a way that is approachable for you guys. Now, where we where we left off last time, and I don't want to go too far ahead because things are no, changing that's, on the ground that's, that's so right. quickly. But where we left off before was, remember, Ukraine, giant country, giant, giant landmass in between Russia and the places it wants to defend uh, that's right. from, from alleged invasion, which I don't know. It at. is about the size of Texas. Yes. <clears throat> Texas is still larger. By the way, it's amazing <laughs> is that, how big Texas. I, you know, I actually went to. Uh, we have a little globe in our house, and I had read that I had come across. And I said, "Wait a minute, that can't be true." And I look over, like, "Wow, Texas is so, huge." It's sort of shocking. So Russia, led by Putin, who is a guy who sees the fall of the Soviet Union as one of the great disasters mm-hmm. of of recent times, uh, and wants to restore Russia's place as a great power and be thought of as a great power. But Russia is a giant, even more giant landmass with not a ton of people, population not in great shape. And so they're they're trying to assert their power by expanding borders mm-hmm. and going into Ukraine. Now, the story was Ukraine, big country on the eastern side, which borders Russia, a lot of ethnically Russian and Russian speaking people to whom Putin would like to lay claim and their territories he would like to lay claim to. And he's sort of uh, done proxy war in those areas sure. for several years now, pushing in, uh, instigating some of this, creating the conditions under which he could say, look, I need to fight for these people. Right, right, uh, right. That he needed to find a pretext, a justification. Whereas uh, the Ukrainian pre- president Zelensky and many before him have had trouble holding uh, the country together in a political sense because there are areas that have different concerns and are more Russian aligned than Western aligned. Eastern Ukraine, Kiev, the the capital, very Western aligned, would like to be part of NATO, yes. would like yeah. to be part of these alliances. Yeah, absolutely. Some allege that we have provoked Putin's ire by talking about allowing Ukraine into Western alliances. Mm-hmm. Again, the man comes up with some pretty insane pretexts. So uh, I would I would say that that's just one on the pile of yeah, the pretexts. That's right. I mean, and after, you know, last night's announcement that uh, Putin was, you know, decided on a special, a special military operation mm-hmm. to go not into those disputed areas where the peacekeepers already were, but basically to take the whole lot. Right. Uh, so that was the change last night. He's that's right. by by the way, just forget to, about no, no, don't even bother with a pretext. Just go. In. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 says for it. a day that we're going into the eastern territories, this Donbass region mm-hmm. uh, that is more Russian speaking, more Russian friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone there, by the way. Let us note. Let us mm-hmm. let us not take Putin at his word on that. They were just going to go into those areas, you know, to quote unquote liberate those areas. That's right. Uh, and then by the evening. Uh, it was clear that this was much bigger than that. Here's a here's a CNN report of uh, Clarissa Ward. Bless close Clarissa Ward, by the way, who we last saw uh, in Afghanistan uh, as it was uh, turning to a disaster. And here she is now in Ukraine in a uh, subway station in one of the like medium sized cities of Ukraine. Oksana, what are your children's names? My name Yaroslav. is Yaroslav. Your name is Yaroslav. How old are you, Yaroslav? I am nine years old. Are you scared? So-so. Mm, so-so. You're a very brave boy. Thank you. And you have a daughter here yes. as well. Yes. Uh, she's named Kate, and she's uh, six. Is she okay? I think uh, she wants to sleep because to sleep. Uh, we uh, wake up, woke up uh, in 5. 5 a.m., yeah. Yes, because we heard um, some uh, explosions. Yes, explosions. What was your reaction? It was a scare. We was a scare. Of course, uh, we uh, had uh, many, uh, some uh, bookcase, yes. Suitcases? Suitcases, yes. And... Uh, you came here. How long have you been here? 
not so long. Uh, I think uh, two or three hours. Uh, uh, we uh, came uh, to parents of my husband, mm -hmm. and after uh, we came here. And what will you do now? Will you stay here tonight? Yes, I think yes. Yes. Do you have food? Do you have everything you need? This Some, is what you have. Yes, and water. <laughs> That's all. You seem remarkably strong, given how scary the situation is. We we try to uh, be uh, brave because we have children and we don't uh, want to... Um, Show them that we are scared. That's the scene in a in a Ukrainian yeah. city, not not an Eastern Ukraine territory. Uh, no, it's, it's funny. It's uh, uh it, it it's funny because I feel like it was just you know, just the other day when we have our military experts certainly know better, more than I do, but they were you know explaining about what Putin might possibly want and carving out the eastern section of Ukraine uh, and the disputed territories and perhaps creating this land bridge to uh, connect with Crimea, you know, right. and, and that's really the plan is this land bridge. <laughs> that's one that's one very wide land bridge. Yeah, because, uh, you know, if, if he actually intends to go all the way and, you know, that would mean going to what pushing against the borders of Poland, uh, Slovakia. Uh, that's well, and those those countries are now saying, whoa, 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 we need yeah. to uh, figure out how we are going to respond to this. If yes. This is a full on invasion. And the the maps of the maps of the strikes during the night last night are striking. Uh, they are yeah. they're not everywhere. Uh, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's from it, all sides. Except there was some clue about this as the the troops were being amassed, not just on that eastern part. To, they were amassed to the south and the north mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there were signals. There's also some. Uh, some intelligence that, that suggests that Putin's announcement last night that this was a full-on invasion uh, was actually taped earlier this week and played Four. last night. And it was played just for a perfect bit of poetry yeah. uh, during an emergency UN Security Council meeting. Yeah, that's right. Which, by the way, they're chairing, I believe. Yes. The, oh, oh, yeah. No, China and Russia deeply involved in the... Yeah. International Security Council mm -hmm. uh, that is doing us so much good. So I did want to read a little bit. Of this. I apologize for being so foreboding, but the Auschwitz Memorial, the museum, yeah, uh, released a statement saying this morning Russia attacked Ukraine. This act of barbarity will be judged by history and its perpetrators. It is to be hoped also by the International Court of Justice. Goes on to say they were they will not remain silent while mm -hmm. innocent people are killed by this megalomaniac. Uh, we express solidarity with the citizens, and at this moment, the free and democratic world must show it has learned its lesson from the passivity of the 1930s. Today, it is clear that any symptom of indifference is a sign of complicity. Yeah. Uh, and that's... that now, now some will argue, oh, this is this is a place where we don't have interests, and I think you see this a lot, by the way, and it's quite shocking, and it comes from all different. Different areas all over the map, left, right, yep. uh, you know, you, you, you know, nationalist types who are like, why does this matter to us? You right. know, are and you going to go in? What well, you and I'm, I'm willing to listen to yeah, the idea sure. that boots on the ground is not the answer. Sure. Right? I'm there's, not, a lot I, of, there's a lot of things in between yeah, here and right. there. And, you know, you've got the likes of uh, Tucker Carlson at Fox or Steve yeah. Bannon saying, basically, mm -hmm. why should we side mm -hmm. with Ukraine? You know, at least the it, I almost said USSR. I mean, basically, at yeah, least basically. Russia, at least Russia isn't woke or something. That, uh, that's boy. which yeah. like that's uh, that's losing the plot quite a bit. A little uh, bit. And you, the bad guy. Yeah. Let's not get confused. You are going to find some strange bedfellows out of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like, you know, uh, because they both hate it from different directions, uh, whatever the, you know, the policy might be. So, I mean, this is going to be a very strange time. And again, going back to, you know, the argument, and it, it's the laziest argument when people have an opinion about, you know, having a more muscular foreign policy and they'll, they'll say, well, why don't you send your son in there? Why don't you go in there? I used to get this, you know, I used to hear this a lot. Obviously, I worked at the Weekly Standard, which is yeah. neocon central, but it was never enough because it's the same people who, you know, uh, if you were criticizing 
you know, I, I remember uh, a sports analyst criticizing, you know, a Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver. And then the agent says, have you ever played professional football? Then you can't say it. Or George Clooney, you know, yelling at a critic, you know, at a press junket. Have you directed a movie? Well, you can't say it, you know. Well, yeah. you know, are you a scientist? Are you, you can't do it unless you're actually in it. And as a brief digression, I remember engaging with uh, somebody when I was at the standard about this because they were critical of a colleague of mine uh, and his position uh, on, on the war and saying, well, you know, why don't you send your son in? And I couldn't resist. And I said, actually, his son is serving. And yeah. you know what the answer is? The answer is it never ends because the person was like, well, is he serving stateside or overseas? Right, right, like he's overseas. Well, is, if he's in Afghanistan, is he in a safe base or is he in a forward operating base? Is he in the front lines? Is he shooting? Is he getting shot? You know what I mean? It doesn't end. Yeah. And the fact, by the way, yes, parents of soldiers and Marines uh, are not are not picking where they go. That that's the yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's no, that I mean, they end up in Korea, they end up in Korea or wherever. But it's it's just infuriating because you know if you're just going to say only the generals can make these decisions or people, I mean, you know, in, there's in a, a reason why we society, have in a free society with a volunteer military. Yeah, we are all allowed to have thoughts. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. You don't have to agree with them fine uh but that's the way it works uh, i never sorry. say i never say to people are you an editor okay i'm sorry sorry <laughs> making a joke okay go ahead I'm sorry. have you ever been a cable commentator <laughs> that's right that's right I, have you ever been a talking head come on you, you talking right. head chicken hawk <laughs> how many podcasts do you do All you right. get on the air <laughs> so then the, then the question becomes okay what can the west do to contain this yes because if they look not a not a giant foreign policy expert conversant in these issues, sure. uh, but I do understand incentives. And when a guy like Putin is not punished for the things he does, he will do more of them. That's that right. is that is the concern. So what tools are in the toolbox? Uh, sanctions that involve cutting off the money that they get from oil sales to Europe and to us. <laughs> we we buy a ton. Uh, the administration last night uh, saying. It's not expected to target Russia's crude oil and refined fuel sector with sanctions cutting off trade due to concerns about inflation and the harm it could do to its European allies, global oil markets and U.S. consumers. And us. Say. Yeah, uh, because we, by the way, this is Jim Garrity reporting on this at the National Review. Throughout 2021, the U.S. imported 12 million to 26 million barrels of crude oil and petroleum products per month from Russia. So it would it would matter to our prices. Uh, what happens here. Energy independence would be a nice thing to have in this moment because it gives you freedom yeah. to cut these guys off and to punish them without fear of of messing up your economy. That's right. But that would require uh, a complete 180 in uh, the Biden administration's energy policy, because, uh, as you know, they're very much uh, in line with progressive environmentalists on on alternative energy sources and very much against fossil fuels right they're not they're not fans of it it's so. made here the ones yes the ones made here so we can't i mean the easy answer is for us to pump more oil right i mean like 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 the the, the petroleum reserve we gave up right we right. freed up for uh a, a couple of days a, a x number of barrels um in order to lower the price as a little treat a little sweet treat from biden to lower the price by you know a little bit but we weren't actually going to pump uh you know drill for more oil uh, and we don't have Keystone XL pipeline, right? And we discourage all these sorts of things, but we're trying to uh, encourage other countries, perhaps like in the Middle East, for example, to do more to help us out. Because, you know, when it comes to our environmental concerns, you know, if they do it, it's not the same. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and energy is a is a giant weak point for the Russians. This is where they get tons of money. Sure. Um, early on in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, Saudi Arabia uh, succeeded in 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 uh, sort of shock and awe, sanctioning them by bringing the price of oil down. Uh, some have suggested that that's something we could do now that actually yep. would scare them off a bit. I don't know if we've gotten to the point where it's too late for that. Other things you can do: uh, freeze the assets of Russian nationals in Western countries, cutting off the kids of Russian billionaires sure. <laughs> who live and live here and probably are in our Ivy League schools. The oil and gas stuff. Uh, pushing them out of international organizations and and you know yep. icing them in, isolating like, them. like the Iran Iran nuclear discussions mm -hmm. another another fun dictator to deal with soon but yeah I'd, I again I'm no expert but uh, I was told 
and this may change. And I look forward to it changing. I was, I was told that the sanctions would be swift and severe. Yes. And when the, and when the tanks started rolling in and the bombs started dropping, nothing was imminent at that moment. Well, I think, okay. So two things. One, do you remember we were discussing on the last episode, the sort of hemming and hawing and the uncertainty of the uh, administration uh, when they were like, well, we don't know if it's, you know, if it's not a full on invasion, if it's just the occupying, uh, the occupying uh, with quote unquote peacekeepers of these areas of Donetsk and Luhansk. I don't know if that would trigger severe, the most severe sanctions. Right. And that's the first one. And the second one is, yes, their their response, the West response, Boris Johnson, for example, saying that we will respond, quote, decisively. Well, we're going to have to wait and see because uh, Biden, the, uh, by the time our listeners hear this, uh, Biden will have spoken, uh, I think, noon, our time, uh, and he will make uh, that announcement. And does that include cutting off access, to, for example, as you mentioned, to the SWIFT uh, uh, banking system? Uh, and things of that nature, oligarchs, sons of oligarchs. I'm not sure what they need to do, obviously, is, you know, have a direct impact on the Russian people that they will say this is a terrible idea uh, and they take to the streets or whatever it is. But I, I still feel Putin has a pretty firm grip on in that sector, which is the sector of dissent, uh, and because he's taken. Yes, this is there, have, there have been a couple yeah. uh, a couple pictures online and, and God bless these folks of of Russians. Uh, standing, I saw out, that too. You know, out in Red Square with one yep. little sign. Yeah, and they are, of course, very quickly picked yeah. up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. We don't know the rest of the story after that, but yeah, it's uh And by the way, uh, uh, Zelensky gave a a pretty moving speech, and uh, yes. obviously, it's um, you'd have to find it translated. Uh, but there's a translation on on Twitter of his speech where he speaks in Russian to the Russian people and says, "The story you're getting about Ukraine is not real." We are a free country, and what what your government is doing is not on behalf of you. It's not helping us, and we would like to live in peace with you and exchange, you know, culturally and and economically. All these things. It's a really quite a moving, yeah, a moving speech. Yeah, uh, and 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 a real contrast to the to the Putin message. That's right. And and good for him. It was very interesting early on. He was a little bit skittish about saying that invasion was imminent. I mean, obviously, Biden and everybody else was saying and and Anthony Blinken, this is going to happen and there's nothing they can do about it and and and, and prepare yourself. And he had not really full on said that he uh, supposedly it's because he didn't want to create the panic, which is a, a which is a thing. And and uh, but now he's all in. And frankly, I'd be very worried uh, for his safety and well-being. And, there, you know, I mean, how long can he stay there? in Kiev before uh, he and, and the government have, have to, uh, um, have to flee, have to flee West. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, God bless him, but uh, it's, it, it, it's not good. And uh, it really depends on uh, how long it takes for uh, Russian military forces to take over something the size of Texas. I mean, that's really the question. Everybody's watching this about the effectiveness of uh, Russian conventional forces and and how effective because they have the numbers they way outnumber the right. ukrainians you know uh, at every level but we'll see and 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 you know i mean is is it going to devolve into you know street to street fighting it's, it's yeah. going to be terrible uh the one last note on on ukraine uh mitt romney issued a statement great uh, statement are you know saying the russian invasion of ukraine is now underway in the hours to come russia will conduct strikes on air defense systems Move to cut off Kiev from eastern Ukraine and move to cut off Ukraine's military forces on the line of contact mm -hmm. in the east to prevent them from falling by boat. Oh, excuse me. That was that was Rubio. Mitt Romney, the important part. The 80s called and we didn't answer. Yeah. Great line. If people can remember, I think enough people are beginning to bring back. And this is not really this is this. It's not aging well for Obama that response, but not only his response. And we mentioned this and Drew Holden wrote this for us in the free beacon this morning. So check that out. But the media's involvement in yeah. jumping on that bandwagon and saying how, I mean, because it was such an amazing line. It was so funny and spot on and everybody jumped on it, whether it be Biden or uh, Obama and, and, uh, and all the networks, obviously. And we need to, you know, let's just remember that. Yeah. And I think it, I think it speaks to, first of all, Mitt Romney has every right to 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 offer this zinger uh as part of his critique and i think that that you know first of all everybody all the media loved obama so that was part of it but also it speaks to this uh taking for granted the the relatively peaceful state of the post-cold war mm -hmm. 
security situation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and just assuming that like that's just some retro thing we don't need to worry about. When in fact, yeah, maybe not, guys. We were we should have always been worried about it. That's what's you know the problem. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, minute by minute, hour by hour. Starting on a real high note today. I Nick. know. I know. I know. By the way, while this is happening, uh, you know, we had to do this on Zoom uh, today. Uh, but I'm looking at Alex Nestor, our producer, and behind her, I see it looks like there's a big party going on in my office. <laughs> uh, I, I see. I had told our managing editor, Stephanie Merrick, yeah, she, she's visiting. And I said, well, I'm not there this morning. You can have my office. But now it's like four or five people in the office. So, well, you know what? I'm they are distracted right now. Okay. They all know that's where the liquor is. Vic. Well, that's true. I have liquor, and I don't know if they knew I hit a stash of two. I still have two boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. They might have they might have been like I will personally be on a quest to find those one and two. Yes, you both are missing out on quite the party here oh, at Beacon man. HQ. And I have a giant <laughs> bag of 100 grand chocolate bars and it's in the middle drawer. You can tell them I don't care. I have no other surprises in that drawer. So feel free to open them up. I have nothing to hide. Oh, my God. Okay, tell them tell them to enjoy the party. All right. Well, well, speaking of bad behavior. Ah, (laughs) let's move on to schools, shall we? Yeah, shall we? Because that's still going on. Oh, yes. So I I sort of hesitate uh, to give this uh, New York magazine piece a bunch more attention because it's I know it's sort of silly, but it it embodies something that uh, bothers many of us. Uh, The the piece is called Household Tyrants. And it is about. It's, a, it's an attempt from the left to explain what all this anger from parents is really about, yeah. Vic. Because, yeah. you know, it's not really about, I don't know, kids. schools being closed. No, it's not about the kids. He says no, 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 no. it's an excuse. It's really about is the GOP and pouncing and the patriarchy and pretty much anything but school systems and unions taking responsibility for the fact mm-hmm. that they really messed up for two years. Yeah. Definitely not about that. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's about you. And I can't help but think that, I don't know if there's a little bit of projecting going on, but going, well, go I, I think this, this is an attempt to avoid the truth and I think it will yes. backfire. Uh, so here's a little, a little taste of this, please. The right's real ambition isn't restoration of parental rights, though, but expansion. They want to create new rights on the top of privileges that parents already enjoy. Uh, the parental rights movement isn't new. We go back to, oh, it's, ah, here it is. The root is the, it, it originated with Christian homeschool activists. Wait till you hear what those guys oh, that's uh, good. wanted, who lobbied for a constitutional amendment that would enshrine the right of a parent to teach their children at home. Mm-hmm. The language might sound familiar. The liberty of parents to direct the upbringing, education, and care of their children is a fundamental right at states. <laughs> I know this is real edgy stuff. That's crazy town that parents would teach their children. Ah! That is, it's a, it's a, it's a homeschool conspiracy. Yeah. That's what you know, this is. Be afraid. And it's partly because, uh, the, I enjoyed this part, uh, to the GOP, the parent exists to enforce the party's will as though the parent is simply the local arm of a national entity. Parents who fail to obey may find their powers restricted by the state. Authoritarianism is inc- blah, blah, blah. Look, oh, yeah. And by the way, these parents... Is this how your home operates, Vic? Yes, I was going to say, we are completely <laughs> mindless automatons telling us what what are our marching orders to do to our, to, you know, on behalf of our children. You know, I mean, this is what the, it gives parents very little credit for for this whole movement. And uh, the other thing is a lot of these parents who went out, I don't know, last November and voted in uh, Virginia's uh, gubernatorial race, for example, they were not all Trump voters no. in Virginia. If they had been, it wouldn't have worked. Yes, that's right. Because Virginia <laughs> had a 11, 13 point swing, whatever it was uh, from Biden over to uh, elect Glenn Youngkin. And I mean, it, it was it was a, it was a massive shift and it was not just because of right wing well, and as i pointed out from the san francisco uh school board recall um, you know yeah. gabraham lincoln one of the activists who was involved oh. in that recall and i likely have different visions for what our kids local schools would look like right sure. mm-hmm. 
but both of us are reacting to a total lack of leadership and inability to think of any creative solutions and j- just utter incompetence to the point of really damaging kids mm-hmm. for two years. That's yeah. we're both reacting to that from probably completely different political points of view. Yes, that's right. But that's the unifying factor. And it includes tons of parents of different income yeah. levels, of different yeah. races. That's right of different cultural leanings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the more that you make parents the problem in your political rhetoric, yeah. let 1,000 Glenn Youngkins reign. Okay? That's- <laughs> I was going to say, just keep at it and see what happens next November if you want to keep on saying that they're the problem. You know, you're not the problem. You're, you know, they're the yeah. problem. Parents are the problem. Uh, I was thinking about the uh, one of the other now former school board members who was recalled and uh, who tweeted out that this whole massive defeat was a Republican conspiracy in San Francisco. We have such reach, Vic. Yes, we. It's, yeah, right there, right all the way there from Russian Hill down to the Tenderloin District. It's uh, I tell you, we, we've infiltrated. Well, uh, I was at the gym after I read this piece yesterday and I got ticked off, Vic. I got ticked uh, off. Yes, you gym. sure did. <clears throat> which a means I worked out too hard. So now I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what though? I, I sometimes it, it's good to get fired up. I've done this on a run where I'm like, ah, you know, and, yeah. and, and think bad thoughts uphill. That's my advice. <laughs> it does. It does help. The time goes by like this when you're ticked off yeah. at the yeah. gym. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was mad at the gym and then I decided that I needed to answer you the sure did. question from this piece. But why parental rights and why now? So if you guys will indulge me, we'll play my long rant about this. Let's just go. A, just an explainer for everyone who doesn't understand why the parents are upset. I need to say something. Uh, call it explanatory journalism for those politicians, op-ed writers, uh, school boards, and union leaders who still don't understand why the parents seem so upset. Oh, it is a real head scratcher. Uh, public schools were closed for a year, a year. And y'all thought that nothing would happen? They weren't closed everywhere. And God bless the places that were smart and brave enough to open in fall of 2020 and serve children. Those places were all of course looked down upon by the experts in major metro areas of this country who closed schools for a year, a year. Northern Virginia was among the worst, but San Francisco, Chicago, LA, Seattle, uh, they just closed schools. And that's not the problem. Initial fear, confusion, I get it, but leadership didn't try to open them again. The default in every major blue metro area, the places that I'm to understand care most about equity and public education, was to keep the doors closed to students of every race and income to kids with learning challenges, to kids with severe disabilities, to kids with legally required IEPs, doors closed. Those with resources fled public schools for private schools and homeschooling. Those private schools, by the way, opened safely sometimes blocks down the street from public schools. Those without resources languished as educators told the parents they're now saying should have no say in this whole thing that nah, uh, being on a screen for four to seven hours a day is good now. I know we told you it was bad before, but it's actually good, so don't worry about it. Spoiler alert, it was very bad. School School boards spent summer 2020 doing God knows what, writing roadmaps, I guess. They do a lot of roadmaps, very little driving. Uh, No school in fall of 2020, not even hybrid in a lot of places. Parents gave them a grace period for fear, standard incompetence in the spring, but they started to get a little antsy at that point. And that's not all. Look, the doors of the school weren't always closed. No, 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 no. They opened public school buildings to paid childcare programs so that the parents who weren't getting the school that they paid for in taxes could pay more money to send their kids to a school building where they would be taught on Zoom by teachers who weren't there while being supervised by people who were willing to be there. I can't express how angry that made people. Meanwhile, school boards are renaming school buildings to right our historic wrongs and buying electric school buses. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Look, plenty of parents don't even disagree with these policies, but there were no 
kids in the school buildings and no kids on the buses. They sent email after stupid email about how they might let your kids come back to school on such and such date and you'd tell your kids and they'd be excited and then they backed out at the last minute sending you a 7 p.m. email leaving you with no way to plan for the next day over and over again. And then there's the curriculum. You have parents play Zoom Butler for a year bringing their kids pencils, pens, hula hoops, and blue items that begin with the letter M into the dining room and then you want to tell them that they have no say in curriculum. You can get away with a lot of nonsense when you hold functional school, but when you don't, people have questions. And look, you're not gonna like some of their remedies. You're not gonna like some of their questions. Great, argue against them. But do not pretend that the anger is fake and didn't come from failures of leadership in school systems. Then what did we do to get back, kids back in school as parents dragged school leaders kicking and screaming back to classrooms on behalf of their children? Well, where I am, we let teachers and administrators jump the line to the front of the vaccine line in January of 2020, 2021. Happy to do it. Did they go back to school? They did not. Then on a federal level, we passed just tons, tons of money and aid to get schools open, even though schools were already open safely in Europe and all around this country, um, thereby rewarding the schools that didn't open instead of the schools that did in many cases. And the icing on this just terrible cake was that when parents had the temerity to get upset about any of this, they were treated like crap. Some of them were taken aback. They had not assumed that the relationship between them and the school boards and the teachers unions was adversarial. This was news to them. But now they know. 2020 and 2021 taught them something new. Uh, I guess it's good someone was taught something. Leaders called them wannabe child sacrificers. They called them racist, privileged, unqualified, anti-science. And that is why a bunch of parents from me to San Fran damn Cisco are upset. We are not all conservative. We are not all liberal. We are not all white or rich or astroturf or whatever it is that you would like to fool yourselves into thinking we are. We are people who care about our children and who have no reason to trust the people who closed schools for a year. I birthed three of these children myself and my desire to fight for them is way stronger than my pelvic floor and far stronger than whatever you want to throw at me. And there's a ton of people who feel that way. And you want to tell me that all I want is my babysitters and my brunch back? First, we'd all be so lucky if public schools in these areas were as reliable as my babysitter and as delightful as my brunches. But if that's the insult, I will own it. Hand me my mimosa, bitches, because this ride has just begun. All right, so that is my warning. Uh, you've gotten a lot. You know, you 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 uh, you got a lot of notice on there. You got a lot of views. Lot, oh, I'm looking for the views. I want I want those clicks. <laughs> um, no, but it was really it, it was it was impressive because it, it, it was a lot of views in a short amount of time. But you basically summed it up for all of us. This is what it's about, and they don't seem. By the way, I'm sure. You must enjoy the comments, the, the 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 slight pushback from folks who say, "I don't know what you're talking about." Schools were never closed. I it's, know, I know. Just went remote. I just went Cre credit where it's due. The places that opened should have been rewarded, and instead, yeah. rewarded we rewarded the places that were closed. Yes, that's right. Because the people right. that were open did the right and brave thing yeah. at the time, and so they're still all here. I'm pretty sure they're still all here. They weren't all wiped out. You know, yeah. the kids in school and now kids in school without masks and, and 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 parents and everything else and everybody that was involved in this, everybody was okay because, they, you know, again, they keep on thinking that nobody else is doing this until they do it. When in right. fact, as we always say, there have been schools that have been- Look open. around you. Look around, look around. Yes. That's my Hamilton <laughs> drop. Uh, <laughs> so look, that's my warning to those who who would underestimate uh, the parental anger and try yes. to make it into something it's not. They should heed that warning.
lest a thousand Glen Yoke brain. Or don't heed the warning. If they, it honestly, it may be too little, too late. Because I don't know if you can turn. Speaking of too little, too late. Oh, hey. Let's go to uh, Dr. Leanna Wynn, my CNN colleague, Mm -hmm. uh, speaking on CNN this week about, wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it, Vic, I gotta, I gotta break some news to you. There's a new study out mm-hmm. showing that school closures caused motor and cognitive development delays, some, some social delays, attitudes toward learning and internalizing behavior, uh, and losses were less pronounced among children from higher socioeconomic schools. This is a study out of, let me see, Uruguay. Um, and Leanna Wynn is speaking about it to CNN. Here she is. Bianca, this study is sobering, but not at all surprising. We know that school has benefit for children, and therefore when kids are pulled out of school, and also with the uncertainty of not knowing when they're going to go back, that that has detrimental impacts, certainly on emotional well-being, on stress, including of the parents and caregivers who now don't know what to do about, about working at the same time. But also now we see that there are very specific impacts on cognitive development, on motor, and other milestones stones for children. Also, we see that there are huge disparities in the study that those parents and families that are the most vulnerable, most disadvantaged are the ones that are hurt the most. And so at this point, we really need policies that aim to keep children in school, perhaps, for example, not having quarantine if children are exposed, having tests to stay or other programs. And we also need to be attentive to these long term consequences. Can we work to close these rampant and wide educational disparities? You and I are both. Is that what we need? Is that what we need? And did we just find this out? Uh, Yes, it just happened now, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's uh, there's two things. One, now that we know that uh, there's cognitive deficiencies and that learning is being delayed. How can we blame this on Glenn Youngkin? That's the first thing. And then Num- number one, number one, number number two, I've, you know what, you know what the answer I've seen from uh, some people pushing back on this is transparent masks. Oh so you can see Lord that, help me, you know, Lord help me. Like, 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 like the, you're like, like somebody who robs a bank, they wear the stocking over their face. I don't look like that. You know, it's, it, that's, that's the answer. Why can't, why can't we also, why can't we wait a little longer? Why now? You know, this is the question that well, because, uh, a lot of parents actually we have, have a decade of work to do now to get kids back up to speed. That's why. And I would like when we have a decade or more of work to do, I would like to start now. And I would like to start with people's faces not covered, because when you have children who you failed. Yeah. Egregiously. Yeah. And for more proof. than a year. Yeah. Um, you don't want to add an obstacle to their learning. After you have failed them, when they're yeah. trying to catch up, for no reason, which uh, is what you're doing with masks. That's that. That's correct. And also, another thing is, uh, I should point out, as we did uh, mention yesterday, uh, and other places at the free, uh, besides the Free Beacon, the CDC has adjusted their uh, learning phases, their stages of development learning in terms of how many words a child should know uh, by a certain age. And it was uh, something I believe like, I don't know, it was like it was 30, 50 words by such and such time. And now it's 30, it's, maybe. Yes, yes, exactly. It, it went down from 50 to 30. So I looked into this and the the studies that they're citing for this, which some and I, I want to be fair to everybody. Some say that this is a, a needed update that probably should have happened before the pandemic, yeah. that, that maybe the, yeah. the sites were set too high from the beginning. So this is 2019 data. It is, however interesting that now is the time that the update comes right that's right i mean they're they were insisting that this decision was made in 2019 but the the actual update has not happened until now and it's quite an interesting benchmark for uh, little kids but by making that benchmark hey everybody's doing great <laughs> you know what we're here Vic, all all the misinformation is eventually just gonna g- become information that's uh yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, hey, maybe not all. Of that's it. No, I mean, but I mean, but that's the outrage, of course, is because they keep on contradicting themselves. And uh, and you're not allowed to contradict the, the CDC. Only the CDC can contradict the CDC. Yes. Uh, that's the rule. 
but what yeah. doc, what Dr. Wynn is saying is something that if you said it in a school board meeting last year, you would be called a crazy person yeah. and a racist. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to platform. You can get deplatformed. Yeah, I don't want to repeat my rant. <laughs> no, let's, let's, who are we kidding? Yes, I do. I would love to repeat my rant, but I'm not going to. I will just say that if you had said those things a year ago as a parent, you would be scoffed at. You would be oh. possibly led out of a school board mm -hmm. meeting if you didn't say it in the right tone. That's right. That's I right. Mean, it was bad. It was bad. Masks, think, cloth masks, kids learning in schools. Oh, learning losses. Those oh, were not real. Oh, we no, were, no, those no, weren't real. real. Everybody's fine. The kids love masks. Everybody's not and, fine. And, 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 and the thing is, again, you know, wait till another deadly virus comes around and our health officials will be telling us we need to do this and that. And they may be right, but there's going to be a huge swath of people who are going to be very suspicious and understandably so. That, wait a minute, didn't you tell us that we needed that, you know, people from 18 to 49 need to get a booster? And aren't you holding back information that shows that 18 to 49 do not need a booster? What's happening here or what the side effects are? I mean, and this is all happening. It starts off as conspiracy theory. I mean, I tease my in-laws about this all the time. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, everything they're saying is turning out to be true. Yes, this happens Early. to me, too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm trying to be measured. And then I'm like, wait a second. Again, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Ivermectin. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right and it, it's gonna uh, you know it, it's up there along with that uh no, there actually yeah. was a random i just so uh well fact check myself there was a randomized controlled uh trial the gold standard yeah. uh with ivermectin that showed that it did not have a statistically significant uh effect uh mm. against okay hospitalization okay. for covid mm -hmm. so okay just, yeah well just, thank you don't thank don't, you for that don't. disclaimer it's uh yeah <laughs> we will we will uh we shall see. No, I want, uh, I, you know, who information I want. develops. I still want to have a sponsor uh, uh, for the show, Nugenics. You, you know, the one that's, that's the super testosterone. Uh, oh, yeah. Medica medication. Medication. Real called? gains, Vic. <laughs> oh, yes. Real gains. Because if you look at the commercial, you see Frank Thomas and he's benching like 800 pounds. And then, uh, and, and my, and my, the, the kicker line, of course, is at the faux press conference. He's announcing the, all the wonderful benefits of Nugenics. And he says, and ladies, you'll thank me too. There you go. So I come on, it writes itself. It, All right. The other uh, thing is, of course, you're talking about like things that you know were, um, uh, you know, not long ago scoffed at, and people were ridiculed and mocked for this, uh, especially by the mainstream. And suddenly, okay, now it's nothing. One of these other things, of course, is the lab leak, right? Yes, the lab leak. And I do. I just want to check in on this every now and then, not because I know all the all the answers, but because. We should ask all the questions when we're trying to get the answer, right? And yes. this was a question that you weren't allowed to ask. I would like to give special credit to Josh Rogan at uh, the mm -hmm. Washington Post, who very early on was like, I don't think we should uh, poo-poo this theory. And yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't know how he got it past the editors, but I appreciate it. And he was one of the early people who made that, um, who made that argument. And we have since gotten information FOIA'd from Fauci's and other uh, people's emails that mm -hmm. they tamped down this theory very sure. early on, even That's though right. some of them thought it was plausible. Yeah, uh, there's a story in the Telegraph this week, not based on a. It's not on based on an official statement. It's based on a, a biosecurity uh, strategy guy who's talking about the conversations they're having in the UK government about the possibility of the lab leak. Um, and he says, I think the official view within government is that it is as likely as anything else to have caused the pandemic, meaning the the lab leak. Yes. A lot of people like myself think it's more likely. I think attitudes have changed a little bit. The zoonotic transfer theory, which is the idea that it mm -hmm. came from, from bat to human mm -hmm. through this market. Angolan lizards. Yeah, just didn't make sense. There's a huge amount of concern about coming out publicly. Hmm, how was that stigma created? Yeah, yeah. And so people don't want to say they've changed their mind. But, and this is the part that, that is important to me. If we do not de deal seriously with where it came from, how do we possibly prevent it from happening again? That's right. That's uh, the big question. Yes. Yeah. And and also, John Stewart was vindicated. <laughs> yeah. So we'd always been saying this. We've always been suspecting it. But it was a big shocker when he was on Colbert's show. And Colbert was like very nervous about how to respond to this and the nervous laughter. And he you know, Stewart did his shtick and over the top and talking about how, you know, it's the most obvious thing. Yeah. And everyone's like, wow, we lost John Stewart. You know, it, and, it was yeah. fantastic, though, because it poked. It just popped 
the balloon of nonsense. Yeah. Which was, yeah. we're just going to ignore that a virus from right. Wuhan, which is right. a coronavirus, had uh, that we shouldn't even ask the question right. that maybe it had something to do with the right. Wuhan coronavirus lab. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's perfect. It was perfect. Uh, 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 Alex, make a note. We'll we'll find Stuart's audio and play it there because it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but what you, what you say is true because anytime that you know, anytime somebody somebody would like people like to throw in CDC as like they'll throw that down as their ace in the hole. You know what I mean? This is their oh yeah. Well, the CDC says this, so end of discussion. Now it's not really like well, it kind of depends, you know, because they're not perfect. And uh, well, and the CDC tells you not to eat uh, cookie dough, and for women of childbearing age, never to drink alcohol. So uh, also, don't eat a ham issues. and don't eat a ham sandwich. Yeah. You get oh yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, let's do. But all three of those things, I'm going to do. Did so. <laughs> Good for you. It's the CDC trifecta. It's yeah, actually a challenge. <laughs> a challenge. Look, it's been a. I didn't mean for it to be a dark show. But here, here we are. An informative show. There's some serious stuff going on. But let me give you some good news. Oh, come on. Yes. Some good news. Please. Out of our neighbor to the north, Canada, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, announced uh, that the Emergencies Act, uh, he's revoking it, even though they got the House vote to continue it. Uh-huh. Uh, they are now revoking it. Here's Justin Trudeau. And today... After careful consideration, we're ready to confirm that the situation is no longer an emergency. Therefore, the federal government will be ending the use of the Emergencies Act. There you go. Now, the way this worked was that it passed in the House and Parliament. The House of Commons. It it would have needed to pass in the Senate as well. Mm Here's the question. What was he carefully considering in the extra? <laughs> I believe he was carefully considering the polls. Is that yeah, what he was so, so some think that. Uh, others think that he had gotten intel that, like, this wasn't getting past the Senate, which I. Sure. Either either theory is encouraging to me because the public should be upset about this and the Senate shouldn't have passed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. uh, so this is they had nine days of sort of unfettered financial power to shut people down uh, must have been amazing process. yeah i know it was, a, it was just a field day yeah the federal government now those people who were affected by this and we do not know how wide-ranging that is because mm-hmm. you're dealing with a government entity and i'm sure like mm-hmm. in six months we can foia whose bank accounts were were absolutely frozen and then we'll get mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. within two years we'll get a response anyway right so who knows where those people go for help? I'm sure they can't crowdfund legal help at this point. Yeah. What, what is your recourse at this moment if you happen to donate yeah. $250? Right. They, they allege that you can, you know, appeal your case, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, but people are hurting in the interim. So for now, they, they do not have these powers. But here's the interesting thing is this is Trudeau just days ago asked, and this is a, a translation from the French, so you're just going to hear a voiceover. Here's the question from the... From the reporter. Hello from Radio Canada. If the act is used in a preventive way, what is the threshold to remove it? Because the truckers could come back in two months, three months. So does that mean we'd have to keep it uh, for another two, three months? Indeed, this is something that we're thinking about. Of course, at some point, once it's lifted, we'll have to remain vigilant as to what could happen afterwards. But we still feel that now, right at this moment, the situation is still fragile. The state of emergency is still there. We're going to continue keeping an eye on this each day and see when we can lift it. Won't be for right away, but every day we're going to reevaluate and we hope that we won't keep it for one day longer than necessary. So that was just a couple days ago when he was asked, hey, if if you're using this preventively, which is just an insane thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I try to engage with other people's ideas more, it, more it, seriously. Yeah. That, but it's an insane thing to yeah. have a like, these huge powers that are enacted uh, without Congress approval or yeah. Parliament approval at That's first, right. uh, and then say, well, you know, bad things could happen again, and therefore uh, we must keep these powers. That he changed his tune an awful lot in a couple of days. So congrats to the people of Canada who somehow yeah. uh, communicated they weren't going to deal with this. 
That's right. Good, good work to our, fr- our friends and listeners, Ian Brody and Candace Bergen. Thanks for saying stop, you know, as much as they could. I know it didn't work out so much at the house, but you know what? They're doing their best. And uh, it is interesting because, of course, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, he just said a couple of days ago, the threat continues and now it doesn't. Uh, so it is going to be interesting wondering what made him finally decide that he's not going to go forward with this. But I still have questions about the freezing of assets and how long that goes on for. And well, and- the Canada, the the equivalent of the ACLU in Canada. Yes, uh, I'm sure we will be following those cases and working I on hope. those cases. Yeah, uh, so we will keep you updated on those because I do think, you know, it's easy to move on from these stories and say, ah, yeah, no harm, no foul. But there was harm. That's was right. Harm. That's right. That's right. And there was probably harm beyond uh, those folks just to mm-hmm. the sort of international reputation of Canada yeah. to uh, people's willingness to do business there. And oh yeah, there. It's a it it was a this was a nerve-wracking moment. It, it it was again. It's 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 the threat of uh, freezing one's uh, you know means to to pay for things, uh, a, a freezing of assets, uh, you know, and, and this sort of financial control if you happen to be on the wrong side. And uh, again, this is a very handy tool to use against Al Qaeda and apparently uh, truckers. Well, you know, terrorists. Yes, exactly. Right, right. Well, Justin Trudeau got greedy, man. You got greedy. You know who else is greedy? Who? Oh, Hank hey. the Tank. Do tell. Let me tell you about Hank the Tank. We're going to finish on something lighthearted yeah, let's today. do it. Hank the Tank, a 500-pound bear, ransacks a California community. This is Lake Tahoe. Okay, guys, the bear's back. He's just walking over. We were just sitting here in the hot tub. That's Lindsay. Uh. <laughs> and the bear's just walking around. And I think it's Hank the Tank. Since the summer, a black bear known as Hank the Tank has made a 500-pound nuisance of himself in South Lake Tahoe, California, breaking into more than two dozen homes to rummage for food and leaving a trail of damage behind. That's a big boy. A normal, a normal bear of his, of his type would be 100 to 300 pounds, meaning that he's very uh, susceptible to a serious case of COVID. So watch out, Hank. Yeah, uh, diabetes. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot that could happen to him. Uh, there have been sightings of him all over. And some of the some of the quotes from this are just fantastic, by the way. So it's easier to find leftover pizza than to go in the forest, said a local resident on Sunday. <laughs> same, same, man. This is what my husband's going to hear from me during the apocalypse when he's wanting me to hunt and gather. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Leftover pizza, baby. There are uh, people out there I know uh, who eat squirrel. That's the thing. But if I had to choose between eating squirrel or half-eaten pizza, I might go with the half-eaten pizza, you know, some pizza <laughs> bones, even with the lipstick on it. I, I might still get that. You know? I have actually uh, eaten squirrel before. I, that probably doesn't surprise anybody. Oh, uh, no, no. Trash. You, you, you are you are, you are, you are from the, the, it's like you're from the Smoky Mountains or something. Yes. Or, yeah. I wonder what people imagine was my upbringing. It was actually a little cool, log cabin. I was a I was a local reporter in Rockingham, North Carolina, and I judged at one point a cooking contest at the at the extension office. And the extension office is where they do ag and That's hunting good. and yes. those kind of policies. And so there was a feast, a feast, I tell you, of all sorts of uh, unconventional game. A, a, <laughs> at, wood, a woodland extravaganza. At yeah. the extension office, this is like, this is like the most redneck golden corral you can find, right? <laughs> There's a swan stew and no. squirrel and, uh, and okay. I, I don't know. What, what is this? What does a squirrel taste like? I mean, I guess there's meat on it, but I mean, yeah, I, there, I, there's very little meat on it. Yeah. So I think the, the dressing of the squirrel is tricky. I think you can watch yeah. the movie Winterbone, one of, uh, one of Jennifer Lawrence's first uh, outings oh. to oh. find her dressing. Okay. if you're in if you're interested in this subject yeah but yeah there's very little meat but uh you know that's protein man what, what it t- is it is it gamey I, you know what i can't even remember it was i mean honestly it was pretty good i, I didn't object <laughs> i mean i've had rabbits you know what i mean and, and rabbits nice so you know I, although i can i i i mean i'm a, i'm a hypocrite in that way because i i i couldn't kill a a rabbit or uh I remember the swan lamb. being. Yeah. I remember swan stew being good. That's why I mentioned oh. that one. Yeah. Um, I'll have to find my story if I can. Okay. If I can find. If I can go to the microfiche and find yes. the story 
on the cooking contest. And by the way, that's a that's a journalistic sin that I was judging and I was writing about it. It happens. What happened there? Yeah. Who you know what I say? Who among us, Mary Catherine? Two among us. <laughs> so here's the deal with Hank the Tank. Back to Hank the Tank. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> uh, who they're trying to decide, okay, look, uh, should we euthanize this guy because he has lost all fear of humans? Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's been domesticated in a weird way. The residents are quick to point out that Hank is gentle and sweet. When he breaks <laughs> into a home, he is far more interested in the food than any people who may be inside. Same Gosh, Hank, same. He just sits there and eats, she said. He doesn't attack them. He doesn't growl. He doesn't make rude faces. <laughs> you Well, you know, I mean, it's funny because, again, you know, everyone always says, oh, don't worry about black bears. They're, they're smaller. It's not like a grizzly. But this guy sounds humongous. Oh, he's uh, humongous. And they are, yes, black bears are less uh, aggressive than grizzlies. That's right. That's but right. a 500-pound bear in your kitchen, like yeah. munching on some yeah. Cheetos, is yeah. not an ideal situation. It's He's a big boy. And, you know, the, again, you're you're not supposed to, in the wild, right? If you see a, a bear, you're not supposed to run. Is that, that, that what well, part say? of this, they say, is because of the influx of people from other more yeah. urban areas in yeah. California during yeah. COVID because they went yeah. to vacation. Oh, sure. Home. They went out. Uh, and those folks are not very bear aware. They were not, they didn't know how to protect their food. And and so they're all over it. They're all attracting bears. So that's part of the problem. And then you have the the political leanings of those in the area, which are, which tend to say, don't euthanize the bear and don't even trap the bear. The state authorities took down a bear trap in the area after someone spray painted bear killer on it. (laughs) So they're trying to find a sanctuary to to send them to. But the sanctuaries are full. Really? We have a supply chain problem, even in bear sanctuaries. What is happening? Wow. wow. I, I didn't realize that. The, yes, the, 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 the bear inmate situation was just, you know, just overflowing. Yep. So, uh, so uh, anyway, well, uh, so the last, the last quote is, and look, here's the thing. It's very hard to euthanize an animal once you've named the animal. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that, that's true. That's yeah. true. So Hank, I, I, I predict that someone will find a, a sanctuary for Hank. Uh, but the last quote is, why should this big dummy die? <laughs> Actually, he ain't that dumb. He decided he wasn't no, going to hibernate because doing. there was unlimited food supply. That's right. That's and he right. went for it. That's right. I do worry about uh, uh, Hank's health, though. His BMI must be off the charts. Off the charts. Have oh. you ever had a, uh, a bear run in, Vic? No, you know, when I've actually been to the Catskill Mountains, not the Catskills, I'm not like at Grossinger's at a resort, but we are actually in the mountains. <laughs> and and you'd see sometimes, you know, prints on the ground, you know, tracks, tracks. Uh, and, and worse than that, no. So, I mean, and that would have been black bear. And I was more worried about things like bobcats. You know, those guys can be uh, pretty. Oh, pretty yeah, those will, yeah. The, the, those attack from behind. Oh, right? yeah. And they, they get you from the back and then yeah. drag you down. Above uh, and behind is what is what they like yeah, you're, to do. You're, the, the, yeah, they're prowling. Or is it mountain lions? Is, is it bobcats or mountain both, lions? That both. Up in New York State. I mean, that, it's a scary thing. So, no, I, uh, I will say, luckily, I have not. Have you? Uh, I have. <laughs> so, I've had several bear uh, run-ins. Not uh, so, Again, not surprised. Way out, way out west. Uh, one fairly close, like within 12 or so feet. Mm-hmm. I was hiking. Oh, my gosh. I was hiking in um, Wyoming, I think. Oh. <gasps> Grand Teton. And uh, I was only about a quarter of a mile into a very long hike and came around a corner. And this is what you don't want to do with bears, right? Is that you surprise them. That's what Mm -hmm. that you're advised to make noise on the trail. Yeah. Bear bell. Yeah. So we, I came across, I came around a corner. There's a black bear sitting in the middle of the trail. Stop short and, and try to figure out what to do. Just stood there for a while. Cause you're kind of like, you're running through your head. Like what, what were the, what were the things I was supposed to do if I saw, if I saw a bear? Like, do I stand still? Do I make myself large? What is the thing? Uh, yes, make all sorts of noises. Good. Now, to be fair, much like Hank the Tank, although a much smaller version, this bear looked much more interested in just eating the vegetation on the side of the road than bothering okay. me. Okay. So I just stood, and he or she, I don't know, she looked fairly, mm-hmm. fairly small, so I'm going to go with she. Mm-hmm. She lumbered off within a few minutes just to to sit elsewhere. Although before that I did move slightly and she sort of stood up halfway. 
That moment was not my favorite. Yeah, no, I'm getting nervous just listening to this. This is why I don't go into the woods anymore. Yeah, and then uh, and then she she lumbered off, and I was like, okay, is it safe to continue? And then for the rest of that hike, which again was very long, you're looking over your shoulder. No, I did not shut my mouth one time. I was like, hey bears, oh, hey bears, we're coming right. up. Don't oh, because you don't have a bear belt. You didn't have a bear belt, so you're just talking. It's like eleven or twelve miles of just Mary Catherine yelling at bears, just clap, clap. That, you know what? It's ridiculous, and it and it's a happy it's a happy way to end this. Maybe maybe I saved my own life. I don't know. A lot of people. Oh yeah, back. A lot of people would have turned back, but I, I didn't. Nope. I went forward. Yeah. No. I would have went. I would have. I would have went right back into the nearest diner. That's where I would have went to. Uh, that's where Hank the Tank was. Uh, yes, another. That's right. Another time, I was exiting a. Mr. Christ. Well, I didn't see this bear. Okay. Other times that I've seen grizzlies like a long of oh. a long way away from me. Oh. This one, I didn't see the bear, and I still don't know what it was, but I assume it was a, my educated guess is that it was a grizzly, because I've never heard anything like it. I was leaving a hike, coming out of the woods, very close to the parking lot. Luckily, the parking lot was in sight. Yeah. Again, in Grand Teton, I believe. Oh, my gosh. It's, uh. I'm coming towards the parking lot, and I just, more than hear a growl, I feel a growl. Oh. I have never heard anything like it before or since, but it shook the area around me. And I just thought, wow, I'm not even going to look. I'm just, just going to keep walking very quickly to the parking lot. I can see my car and nothing came of it. So it's, it, I don't want to be a drama queen, but that was a, I have never heard a sound like that before. I am never leaving my house again. And that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Please tell your friends, leave a nice review, and you can follow me at Victorina Mattis on Twitter. I am at MK Hammer and at MK Hammer Time on Substack and, wait, what's the other one? Instagram. You're, you're everywhere. And you can see my rant if you want to send it to friends on the Twitter or the YouTube. I encourage you to do so. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being with us. You know, heavy times call for a slightly heavier episode, uh, but we try to try to give you both sides. Uh, thanks for being here. I'm Mary Catherine Ham. He's Vic Mattis. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Okay.